0: Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon.
1: Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you, can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. Today, we are talking with Kevin Prendaville, Executive Director of Justice in Aging, a national advocacy organization that fights senior poverty through law. Our topic is long-term care services and supports, also known by its acronym as LTSS. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you for
0: having me. It's great to be with you, Dr. Gordon.
1: Well, Kevin, one of the things we do here is dive right in. So I'm going to ask you to tell us about Justice in Aging and your work. Thanks
0: for diving in. I like doing that too. So Justice in Aging, we're a national nonprofit advocacy organization that we say we use the power of law to fight senior poverty and advance equity for all of us as we age. We work on systemic advocacy. So we're a group of mostly lawyers that works to write the laws and policies that define the systems and supports that older adults uh, receive as they as they grow older. So we cover a wide array of areas. We work on healthcare, economic security, housing, elder rights, and long-term services and supports. Okay.
1: Well, today we're actually here to talk about and discuss long-term services and supports specifically. So in clear terms, just what is long-term services and supports?
0: Yeah, so LTSS, as we use for shorthand, really encompasses a broad array of both paid and unpaid services that can be medical as well as personal care services that assist people with activities of daily living. Activities of daily living are things like eating, bathing, dressing, uh, preparing meals, managing medications, housekeeping. They're provided to people that need these services because of aging, chronic illness, or a disability, and they can be provided in a lot of different settings. So one example is a, is a nursing institution, a nursing facility, um, but also assisted living or also services that people receive at home. And they can include things like home health aids, adult day care programs, personal care services, transportation, and even for some people, supported employment These services can be provided to some people for maybe just a couple weeks, for others months and for others years, depending on their needs. And they can be provided by a broad array of people. Sometimes they're provided by unpaid family. Sometimes they're provided by a home health aide. Sometimes they're provided by nurses and aides and nursing facilities. So it's a term that encompasses a big array of services that are really about helping people continue to manage mostly long-term health issues.
1: Okay, well, it does sound like a really broad range of services, including nurse. And I guess nursing homes are actually a part of that. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about why it's important for older adults and their families or their caregivers to have access to affordable long term services and supports.
0: Yeah. And and I I do want to just come back a minute to what you mentioned there, that it does include nursing at homes, but there is a lot of policy momentum about making these services more widely available to older adults at home and in their communities. That's an area that's been a weakness to date. We'll talk more about that as we go. But we're really trying to find new and creative ways to help more older people get this care that they need while still staying at home, connected to community and family and friends. And this is all important. I think it's become, I think more people have become aware of the importance of LTSS because of the COVID crisis and the pandemic. Over one fifth of COVID deaths happened in nursing facilities. And that helped people see that our current LTSS system has a lot of gaps. Everybody needs to be thinking about and preparing for how they're gonna receive care that they need as they grow older and how they're gonna provide care to the people in their lives who are gonna need this care. After age 65, 57% of people need help with two activities of daily living. 56% 56% are going to pay, be paying for LTSS and 39% end up paying for some nursing home care. So this is an issue that impacts all of us and all of our lives, whether it's as a receiver of care or provider of care, this is going to impact all of us in California, all of us across the country.
1: Well, it sounds like that makes it really important because it impacts each person no matter what. What is the current state of long-term services and supports in California? So
0: um, it's an exciting moment in California. There's a lot of um, activity at the government level and at the advocacy level to really improve our LTSS system. California is building on a couple of great strengths. California has the best and most generous Medicaid program of any state in the country. We just increased the numbers of people that can qualify for this LTSS help through Medicaid, so that, like I said, we are now uh, the most generous in the country. We also have a great state program that provides a lot of care and support to people at home, both older adults and people with disabilities, that is a model for the nation. So we've got some building blocks, but we also have a lot of weaknesses, and we look at four areas where California needs to continue to improve. The first is on affordability. In California, there's too many people that can't afford this care. The next is access. So even if you have a way to pay for the care, it can be difficult to find programs, uh, uh, caregivers. The, The system is not fully built across the state. The third area is navigation. When you know you need this help, it's hard to figure out how to get it. You know, where to turn, who can answer your questions, who can help support you or support a family member. And then the fourth area where we're working is on the workforce. We need better quality jobs to attract more people into this field, to provide the care that we need now and that we know we're going to need even more as more people grow older and have these needs. So I think California, like I said, is, is, it's an exciting moment. It's a, California's ready to make some changes here, is motivated and we're building from some strengths, but we got a long way to go in those areas of affordability, access, navigation, and workforce.
1: I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I was sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, if California is the leader in this, I've been dealing with some challenges myself with uh, dealing with an, an adult who's uh, needing some long-term support services. And I was just thinking, uh, we cannot be the leaders in this because navigating this system has been such a challenge for me. And as I work with the, the person I'm working with, the affordability of it, uh, just trying to put things together so that we can get her the best care and the access has been really, really challenging. So I, I absolutely agree. We do have a lot in place.
0: Yeah, it's, it's extremely challenging. Like I said, there are some some programs that exist that are strong programs, but getting them can, getting to them can be difficult, even navigating them once you're in those programs can be difficult. And there's too many people that just don't know where to turn and for whom we haven't created pathways uh, um, for them to turn to and and systems and structures that they can rely on. So that's that's a huge area that needs a lot of improvement.
1: Absolutely. Well, we know that family caregivers provide the bulk of long-term care services, and they spend an average of over $7,200 a year out of their own pocket on their loved one's care. Who else helps to pay for long-term services and supports? Is it Medicare? Uh, is it medi Or and, and then who's eligible? How can people get to the affordable part of this?
0: Yeah, so it's a common misperception that a lot of people have that Medicare is gonna take care of these things when, when they need them. And that's not true. Medicare only offers a limited coverage of these type of LTSS services. Medicare does lots of great things for healthcare services, but less coverage for these LTSS programs that we're talking about. Medicaid does provide coverage for these services. And in California, again, um, we've got a pretty good, uh, robust Medi-Cal program and a program called In-Home Supportive Services that provides a lot of coverage for people that qualify for for Medi-Cal. The trick is that you've got to have very low income and until recently very limited assets to qualify for that help. So right now to qualify for Medi-Cal as an older person, your income has to be at 138% of the federal poverty level. That's pretty low. I think it's about $1,300 a month. Um, That's your income. And then assets have been restricted, but the asset limit is moving up. So that's good news. A lot of people qualify for Medi-Cal, but a lot of people don't. And so what ends up happening in the LTSS world is that people spend all the money that they have on the care because it's so expensive until eventually qualifying for Medicaid or Medi-Cal. So Medi-Cal is the primary provider, primary payer of LTSS in California and across the country. And the rest of it is coming out of pocket. But again, the costs are so high that not a lot of people can afford to pay for these services strictly out of pocket.
1: Wow. And when we talk about being, what did you say, 138% below the poverty scale, which is already so low in California, you basically are saying you're making no money.
0: That's right. Extremely low income, folks. So this is the big problem right now facing the state is how will families afford to pay for this care? I mean, I could talk to you a little bit about some of the costs. So for an annual, the median annual cost across the country for a a year in a nursing facility, is $108,000 a year. For a year in assisted living, $54,000. A year of a home health aide at home, $61,000. The median savings of a Medicare beneficiary is just $73,000. So the, the median Medicare beneficiary can't even pay for a year of care out of their savings in a nursing facility and barely a year of some of these other services. So there's not a lot of people that can afford to pay for this care. And there's some people that'll get the support that they need from Medi-Cal, and then there's a big group that are stuck in the middle. You know, not wealthy, still pretty low income or middle income themselves, and just no way to figure out how to pay for this care. That ends up leaving them without the care that they need the system forces them into nursing facilities to get the, the, the full level of care that they need instead of providing that care at home where they'd rather be. And it impacts the whole family because the whole family then ends up needing to step up and provide a lot of this care unpaid. And that means often time out of the workforce, less time spent working, spending time with other parts of the family. And that burden falls disproportionately among women in the family. And then it is, is a real impediment to establishing gender equity in the workforce and economic empowerment for women in our families.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't sound like it's actually accessible for low or middle income families. What's the accessibility for them?
0: Yeah, it's very limited. It's really not until they've impoverished themselves enough to fall into the lowest income category that they're able to get the care that they need.
1: Wow. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of gaps and opportunities for improvement. Can you share what some of those might be?
0: Yeah. So, like I said, looking at those four areas, again, where the gaps are, there's also tremendous opportunities. So, those four gaps, again, are around affordability, access, navigation, and workforce. The most energy right now is around this affordability problem. So, there's been efforts from uh, advocacy organizations, including ARP in California, to try to figure out a way to make care affordable. And at Justice and Aging, we're interested in sort of a two-track approach to this problem. One is to continue to raise the limits for who can receive Medi-Cal so that more families get covered from Medi-Cal without having to impoverish themselves. Then the other is to support new and innovative models to create new revenue streams and new insurance programs to help more people get um, the care and support that they need that way. So there is currently at the Department of Insurance in California, a task force that's working to develop a social insurance model for paying for this care. It would look something like Social Security and Medicare. We would all pay into this care while we're working so that when we need it later, it's there for us. Um, so there's different models being generated to do this that would look at, you know, different types of payroll tax each of us would would make contributions through, and then different levels of benefits that would re- we would receive when we needed the care. And we really like this approach of working together to solve a problem that impacts all of us and all of our families.
1: Well, it sounds good. It it does bring up some uh, some red flags when we start talking about as a model like Social Security, because we hear so many attacks on Social Security. Is there long term care insurance out there that people can begin to invest in at an early age?
0: There are insurance uh, products that are offered, but they rarely work out well for the people that purchase them. It's difficult for insurers to figure out how to insure for long-term care needs because it's very unpredictable. They happen off for many people much later in life, and the costs can be so high, it's hard for the insurers to properly model. And it's been difficult to get people to want to buy into those programs. You know, Insurance only really works when there's a lot of people in the risk pool, and it's difficult for people to think about these future needs for themselves. So there hasn't been a great market for those products. So people that buy those products and are able to utilize them tend to be people that are already at the higher income levels. Um, So those products are not accessible to low and middle income folks. So those private models haven't worked well. That's why we're looking for a social model here. And you're right that Social Security and Medicare have been frequent targets of political attacks, but they are also, one, incredibly successful. You know, Social Security is the is the most effective anti-poverty program in the history of the world. And Medicare is a tremendous model for health insurance. And so that makes those programs super popular as well. Um, even as they're sort of attacked politically, people love them. And, and where there are issues with whether those programs are properly funded, that can be solved in the design phase of those programs. The concept, we think, is a wildly popular one. We all have a shared risk in our future. And by working together and pulling um, resources, we can contribute a little bit, but get insurance against that risk in our future.
1: That's fantastic. That's good news on top of the challenges. So what are some of the other solutions to ensure long-term care and the services are expanded, accessible, and affordable? We talked about this idea of a plan that, that you just mentioned that that would pool everyone's funds together and kind of work the the way a Social Security would work. But what are some other solutions that might ensure long term care services are are out here? Uh, And then what does the state of California need to do to address some of these challenges that we have and, and that are coming up in the next decades?
0: Yeah, well, even if we can solve the affordability problem, which is a big challenge, just having the ability to pay for the care doesn't mean you'll get the care you were speaking earlier about the challenges of just navigating the system and finding out what's available you know you know you have someone in your life who has a long-term care need but you don't necessarily know all the different services that you could utilize to help uh, care for them do you know that there's someone that could come into your home to help with some of those activities of daily living That there's a place that they could maybe go during the day as an adult day center to get some socialization and some of their health needs met. That there's food delivery services that can help with meals. That there's transportation programs to help get them to pick up a medication or get them to a socialization activity or a church. We don't even know what's out there, right? So we need help designing that system, making it available, not making it available across the state. So it shouldn't matter just where you live going to determine what services are available to you. And then we got to build that workforce. You know, that's the other big thing that needs to happen here that is going to uh, require a lot of policy innovation and commitment uh, from everybody. We got to build quality jobs in this space. Um, the people that provide care to our families have predominantly been women of color. They've predominantly been underpaid and undervalued for the work that they provide, even though they're providing care to those that we love the most. So we got to treat them as uh, the important parts of our families and economies that they are with better wages and better job conditions so that we can attract more people to that workforce so that when we have ways to pay for the care, there's someone that we can pay to help provide it.
1: Yeah, the workforce part we didn't really talk a lot about, but it's a whole new, it almost seems like a new position or a new job area, new career area. And I'm wondering if that occurred so much because we're now at an aging population of baby boomers. So there's so many more people aging right now in the country than before uh, because of the baby boomers. We we have a, a way of making things happen. Boy, I tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. The boomer
1: economy. Yes, that's
0: right. And we're counting on the next innovation being building, helping build this care economy is how we talk about it, that it's. It's the care workers that make all other work possible and make it possible for us to live in community and with friends and family and be together. And we've got to treat that care economy just as important as we treat the healthcare economy or the tech economy. Or I know you're in L.A., you know, the movie industry. Uh, These care workers are our future. You talked about how we're, you know, an aging state, in an aging country. And But it's not just aging, it's also the care that our kids need. It's the care that people with disabilities need. As more of our work shifts to technology and AI, the needs that will never shift to AI are the care needs that we each have. And we got to build a workforce for those needs, and those should be great jobs. People are going to need jobs. Those should be wonderful jobs. The people that do those jobs do them because they love the job. They love the people that they care for. And we have to reward them for that way. They should be, you know, quality jobs with a that provide a, a solid standard of living. And we can do that. Um, because there is potential there, there is need there. And there's people that are willing to do the work. We just have to make it a better job than the local fast food spot. We gotta make it a, a good job that really honors the value of the work being done.
1: Absolutely. They they are our superheroes, our caregivers. So you mentioned some resources, you mentioned something about transportation and meals that might be provided or something like that. What are the resources that are currently available for Californians who are in need of long-term care?
0: The best place to start is with your county AAA. So AAA stands for Area Agency on Aging. Every county in California has an Area Agency on Aging, and they're meant to function as a hub that can connect people to all kinds of services some that are provided by that agency that are really tailored to older adults. And then they can also connect people to Medi-Cal and even Medicare resources that could be helpful in these ways. And most of the services that are offered at the AAA are not screened by any kind of income eligibility. So anybody can call there as a first place to start. There is a California Department of Aging that has a website And when you go to that website, you'll see a a link for getting help. And from that spot, you can get a phone number and information about your county's AAA, it's called. Again, AAA, Area Agency on Aging. So that's a great place to start. Um, And then it's gonna vary on what you need and where you are, what'll be available from there.
1: Great, sounds wonderful. So we'll look at the Area Agency on Aging and the California Department of Aging to begin at resources to take a look. Now, I wanna mention a finding from the 2023 LTSS scorecard published by AARP's Public Policy Institute. And this uh, scorecard measures long-term services and support system performances at the state level. The scorecard looks at LTSS worker wage competitiveness, and it reflects what we've heard anecdotally here in California which is the LTSS workforce shortage is being exasperated by low wages, uh, which we just finished talking about, which leads many to seek employment outside of this whole healthcare sector. So how, what are the implications on that? We talked about it a little bit in terms of finding uh, better working conditions and, and appreciating and valuing healthcare workers more. What are the implications if we can't
0: do this. Well, we're seeing it play out. Since the COVID crisis, there's been a massive shortage in care workers. And on really practical terms, what that's meant is that in nursing facilities, they're understaffed. They don't have enough people to care for anybody in the facility, and the quality of care in those facilities then suffers. At home, we see it for people that want to get care at home. They can't find people to come into the home. And that means either not being able to provide the care at all, or it means a, a care worker doesn't show up because they've, they're have they at a different job. So people are then left without care, at home, without what they need. So the consequences are really um, tangible, really dire for people that are in need of this care. When you can't find a worker, consequences are severe. And we can't find the workers because the jobs aren't paying well enough. Um, so... Like we talked about before, we got to focus on, on everybody in this party, the people that need the care, the people that are providing the care, the family members that are part of the constellation of providing the supports and services to folks. This isn't going to work if we only focus on one person in this constellation. We really got to think about how we're all in it together, and we got to make sure everybody's supported um, and part of this effort and taken care of. This is really about care. Um, And it's about caring for those that need care now, caring for those that provide care now, and caring for those that'll need care in the future. Thank you.
1: Kevin, if you could leave our listeners with one sound bite, what would that be?
0: You know, I think of the famous quote from Rosalind Carter about caregiving. She said, there's four kinds of people in the world, those that have been caregivers, those that are caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregiving. And that just reminds me of how we're all in this together, uh, that we're all at a different phase in our journey of living and aging, and we're putting on hats and taking off hats, and we're either providing care or getting care, and that happens throughout our lives, you know, both when we're young, uh, mid- at, in the middle of our life we might have a health care need, and then as we grow older we're going to have those needs, So we're going to be in this together. If we're going to build the LTSS system that we're all going to need through all those phases of our life, we have to come up with solutions that keep us together. Uh, Because that's what it's really all about. LTSS, when it works, is about keeping people together, keeping people in their homes, connected to communities, with family and friends. We all want that. We all need extra help to make that happen at some point in our lives. And if we all work together, we can build it for all of us here in California and be a model for the nation.
1: I love that. I love this idea around connecting communities and us working together. I often talk on this uh, podcast about my hiking group. We hike together every morning and it's such a connected community in, in terms of supporting each other. And as we're aging and there are younger younger people within the group, I'm hoping that they're able to see that they're the ones who can support us now Uh, and maybe they're the ones who are going to need some support a little later. So that comment from Roslyn Carter is very, very significant that you're in one of those four categories. So, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. We could talk about this forever because it is such an important topic. Uh, But for now, do you have any last comments that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap it up?
0: No, just I look forward to coming back at some point when we've got a really specific policy proposal on the table and we're looking for support from AARP members to to call your elected officials and talk to your families and to build the kind of support that we're going to need for some transformational change. So thank you for all that you do and thanks for having me.
1: Well, absolutely. And you know, AARP is on the job when it comes to rallying people for advocacy.
0: Absolutely.
1: Kevin. Thank you for joining us on In Clear Terms with AARP California. This was an incredibly informative conversation. Again, we have had the pleasure of speaking with Kevin Prendeville, Executive Director of Justice in Aging. If you would like more information on our caregiving resources, please visit aarp.org forward slash caregiving. That's aarp.org forward slash caregiving. In future episodes, we look forward to hosting experts who can shed light on critical issues in our state, how AARP California is working to ensure the voice of those ages 50 plus is heard, and how you, our listeners, can learn more and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening.